There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This is an apostrophe podcast production. We regret to inform you, the Rejection Podcast. They threw rocks at me and called me all kinds of names, but I was there to play football. I had to duck the rocks and the people trying to hurt me. Fritz Pollard. One day in the early 1870s, a barber and a seamstress tied the knot in Mexico, Missouri. Their names were John and Catherine Pollard. He'd just left a job at the top shop in town to put up his very own barber's pole. She was about to cut the ribbon on a brand new sewing company, and together they'd have eight children. But when those kids reached schooling age... It became clear to the Pollards their only option would be to send their black children to a segregated school. Fifteen years earlier, Missouri officially abolished slavery within its borders, but the residue of hatred remained. So the Pollards made a choice. They closed their fledgling businesses and moved their family six hours north to Chicago, Illinois, where they'd settle in Rogers Park an all-white neighborhood off the shore of Lake Michigan. And it was there that their eight children would become a family of firsts. 
their daughter Artie, the first black registered nurse in Illinois. Their son Luther, the first black Chicagoan to compete in school sports. Their daughter Naomi, among the first black women to graduate from Northwestern University. And their sons, Hughes and Frederick, the first black students at their high school. When the seventh of the eight Pollard children, Frederick, or Fritz Pollard, decided to try out for his high school football team, he looked to his older brothers for guidance. Luther was a talented high school baseball player, but had been ultimately rejected by scouts due to a prohibition against black players at the time. His brother Leslie had been a star football player. Together they taught their little brother how to take a hit and to roll up into a ball and kick his cleats in the air if he found himself on the receiving end of a group tackle. But his brother Hughes was the current captain and senior member of his high school's football team. Hughes was tall and muscular, weighing over 200 pounds at 17. And when his 89-pound, scrawny, 4'11 sophomore of a little brother stepped onto the field for his tryout one day, Hughes knew what to do. He told the coaches that if they didn't let Fritz Pollard onto the team, he, the captain, would walk off the field and never look back. So Fritz Pollard got a spot on the roster. When Hughes graduated, Pollard became the only black player on the football team and the only black student at his school. He took on other sports as well. Pollard became a 220-yard hurdles and half-mile run champion, and he was chosen all-Cook County shortstop. But Pollard's family encouraged him to focus on football over track or baseball, figuring the sport offered marginally more opportunities for black players. His junior and senior football seasons, he averaged nearly a touchdown every game and was part of the all-Cook County football team. Local reporters called him brilliant, one writing that after catching a punt on the 20-yard line, Pollard ran 90 yards for a TD through his knowledge of dodging and twisting. But it wasn't all touchdowns and trophies. One day, the team was set to play an away game in southern Illinois. The plan was to meet at the opposing school's field. So Pollard hopped on the train, only to realize he was given the wrong itinerary. The train he was told to take stopped 10 miles away from the game. Panicked, he ran all 10 miles to the field. But when he got there, it was too late. He'd missed his chance to play. It wasn't until later Pollard found out his teammates led him astray on purpose. They knew the opposing school strictly forbade black athletes from playing and didn't have the heart to tell him. As author Frank Foster tells the story in his book, Breaking the Color Barrier, Pollard finished his high school career a, quote, rare specimen indeed. An African-American in the early 20th century with a diploma in his hand and college options in his future. At this time, it's reported that college athletics weren't quite as regulated as they are today. In fact, in many cases, athletes didn't have to actually be enrolled at schools in order to play for their teams. 
They could show up, try out, and be hired for a small wage. Pollard had heard that Northwestern University in Evanston, Illinois, was the second school in the Big Ten Conference to hire a black football player. So Pollard approached the team, but was rejected. Next, he set his sights on Dartmouth College in New Hampshire, where his brother Leslie went to school. But on the train, he passed the ivy-covered gates of Brown University in Providence, Rhode Island, and something told him to get off at the next stop. When Pollard walked up to the gates, he was struck by Brown's imposing campus. But Brown would ultimately reject Pollard, too. Over the following month, Pollard bounced around New England universities, playing the odd game for Harvard, Dartmouth, Bates College in Maine. That is, until his friends back home staged an intervention. They told him he was floundering. He needed to focus and apply to the school whose uniform he wanted to wear most. Brown. But this time, enroll as a student. So, he did just that. Pollard completed all required prerequisites. He sent in an application to Brown University. And in 1915, he received a letter of acceptance and an athletic scholarship. Fritz Pollard stepped onto the Brown University campus as a student for the first time. Though his first order of business was to report for football practice. But as Pollard made his way to the locker room, it quickly became apparent he was not welcome. The season had already started, a team been formed, players acquainted, plays established. He went to pick up his uniform and was told he hadn't been assigned one. The only jersey left was old, ratty, and covered in holes. And the last pair of cleats were two sizes too big. While the team ran through their plays, the coach sent Pollard alone to the side to practice his punting. After practice, when Pollard joined his teammates in the showers, they all cleared out immediately. Then, one of those teammates called him racial slurs. Pollard found a needle and thread and a quiet corner to stitch up the holes in his uniform. Then, when no one was looking, he cried. Soon it came time for Pollard's first game. It would be an away game. And despite the fact Pollard never actually practiced with the team, that he was wearing an ill-fitting uniform with cleats two sizes too big, despite the fact his teammates wouldn't speak to him and that he was the only person of color in the stadium, the 5'8 halfback racked up 60, 70, 80 yards at a time. His coaches couldn't believe how fast and elusive he was on the field, an incredible feat of athleticism. And suddenly... The teammates who not one day before were casting slurs in his direction were cheering him on. Suddenly, they welcomed him as a player with open arms, and soon they would welcome him as a person, too. Sports archivist Peter Mackey says Pollard had to earn his way onto that team as no other player did. But while Pollard's team would come to accept him, 
the opposing teams would not. On the field, Pollard was subject to verbal and physical abuse. Many of his opponents had never seen a black player before. Reportedly, punching, kicking, and eye gouging were commonplace, and more often than not, Pollard was the target. There were players who made a special point of, quote, roughing Pollard up as much as possible during games. If a referee turned his head, they'd take the opportunity to beat him. So Pollard remembered what his older brothers taught him. When you're at the bottom of a pile, roll up into a ball and kick your cleats up in the air, like an upside-down beetle. His teammates found ways to protect him, disguising themselves by wearing equally baggy uniforms to try and confuse any opponents looking to single Pollard out. But when the abuse wasn't coming from the opposing teams, it was fans that came after Pollard, and there was little his teammates could do in that department. When Brown played certain schools, Pollard received death threats. Sometimes it got so bad he had to be escorted onto the gridiron by police, fans chanting, bye-bye Blackbird, when Pollard caught the ball. But Pollard says he simply put his head down. His father taught him never to lose his head or use his fists. Instead, he would just look at the chanting fans and grin, knowing that in just 30 seconds, he'd be sprinting for an 80-yard touchdown. The abuse didn't stop for Pollard when the final whistle blew. When Brown played Ivy League rival Yale, Pollard had to be escorted out the back of the building by security guards to keep him safe from violent Yale fans. One day, the team arrived at a hotel where their coach proceeded to check the players into their rooms when the clerk noticed Pollard. The clerk told the coach that black guests were not welcome at their establishment. The coach fired back, saying that if there wasn't a room for Fritz Pollard, none of them wanted one. In that moment, the manager appeared, and Pollard was handed a key. On train trips to away games, the dining car waiters refused to wait on Pollard until his coaches or teammates demanded service. But although Pollard's white teammates helped run interference on and off the field, his white coaches got him into hotels or hot meals on trains, and the white police officers escorted him safely onto the field every night— at the end of the day, Pollard was the one weathering the threats and harassment and the violence. It was Pollard whose bravery superseded the hatred. Hold that thought. We'll be right back. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Night after night, Pollard was tasked with proving himself, and he did. Against Yale, Pollard rushed 144 yards with one touchdown. Against Harvard, he rushed 148 yards with two touchdowns, Brown's first-ever victory against Harvard, making Brown the first-ever team to beat both Harvard and Yale in the same season and leading Brown to an 8-1 record in 1916, with Pollard scoring a total of 12 touchdowns. Fans and media started calling Pollard the human torpedo. The New York Times said, At every stage of his dazzling performance, Pollard, trickily, shot out of his opponent's reach, an ordinary tackle doing nothing more than make him swerve slightly off his course. He had the asset which is the greatest to a football player. He refused to be hurt. That year, Pollard was chosen as an All-American, only the second black player to receive that title, and declared by famed player and sports writer Walter Camp as one of the greatest runners his eyes had ever seen. Then Pollard led the Brown University football team to the country's first ever Rose Bowl. On New Year's 1916, Pollard would become the first black player to play in the Rose Bowl in his freshman year. It's reported that Pollard was by far Brown's main attraction, the school shamelessly boasting the athleticism of its hasty young halfback. The media called Pollard as easy to catch as a bolt of lightning and as easily held. 
Brown lost the game to Washington 14-0. But history was made on the field that winter's day. Then, the following spring, everything would change for Fritz Pollard. As he prepared for his sophomore year, the United States government prepared its army to fight in World War I. And Pollard hung up his cleats to serve his country. Pollard was assigned the position of physical director, stateside. His job was to organize physical regimens for the Lincoln University Student Army Training Corps and coach the university's football team. It was the first time Pollard was in a coaching position, a job he'd maintain until the end of the war, meaning he'd never return to Brown. But it was at that time Pollard was approached by someone unexpected. Ralph Fat Waldsmith was the coach of a football team called the Akron, Ohio Pros, a team that was, at the time, part of the American Professional Football Association, or APFA, an emerging Ohio-based pro league. Waldsmith was on the hunt for a halfback, when one day he stumbled upon, and I quote, a washed-up collegian in Philadelphia, despairing of ever playing competitively again. So, he offered that young collegian a spot on his team. For one night, in exchange for $200, Hollard would play a trial game. So he hopped a train to Ohio. The next day, a write-up in the Akron Beacon Journal read, The Akron pros have landed the kingpin of them all. Pollard, the great all-American halfback from Brown, has been signed to play with Akron for the remainder of the season. Life in Ohio wasn't easy for Pollard. The team put him up at a hotel, but as he made his way to the check-in desk, he was instantly turned away. Dire threats had come from his opponent's fans, detailing what they planned to do to the new black player in Akron. So Pollard was advised to get ready for games off-site, above the team owner's cigar shop. Not at the field, not in the locker room with his teammates, alone in the back room of a cigar shop. Or if that became too humiliating, outside the stadium in the back of his car... He was forced to arrive just before the game began, after the fans were already in their seats. Then the American Professional Football Association made an announcement. In the early 1920s, 14 APFA teams came together to create a bigger, better league, a fledgling professional circuit they'd call the National Football League, or NFL. And there were players within this new league who let it be known they weren't thrilled with Pollard, a black man, being called an elite athlete. Fans would taunt Pollard, boo him, call him names. They'd throw rocks at him. It's reported NFL fans at that time showed up to Akron games for one of two reasons, to cheer Pollard on or delight in watching him get pummeled. The Akron Evening Times called him the son of a despised race. Yet, 
a few short sentences later, referred to Pollard as one of the great football stars of all time. In 1920, Pollard led Akron to an 8-3 season, allowing only seven points against them all year, carrying the Akron pros to the country's first pro football title. This was pre-Super Bowl days. But when the team was formally awarded its trophy, Pollard wasn't invited to the ceremony. Instead, he was honored at a separate, small banquet put on by the local Black Business Association. Following its 1920 triumph, the Akron pros did something unheard of. They named Fritz Pollard the head coach of the team. He'd be a player coach, earning Pollard the title of first black head coach of an NFL team. A black man leading a group of white men in 1921. That title also earned Pollard $1,500 a game, the equivalent of $25,000 U.S. dollars today, making Pollard the highest-paid player in the league, tied with his contemporary and the first Native American NFL player, Jim Thorpe. With Pollard at the helm, the pros won their first seven 1921 games, with zero touchdowns scored against them. And with more sway over the team, Pollard brought on a second black player named Paul Robeson. The pros broke their winning streak in November of that year. Then, shortly afterward, Pollard was injured, and the team lost two more games. The Akron Pros finished the 1921 season with an 8-3 record, landing them in third place overall. But upper management decided that wasn't good enough, and they fired Fritz Pollard as a player and a coach. Then they dismissed Paul Robeson. Over the following years, the NFL expanded, and Pollard was picked up by the Milwaukee Badgers. Two other black players were also signed to the Badgers, making them the, quote, most integrated team in the NFL. Pollard led the team in scoring, but they would wind up in 11th place overall. So Pollard, along with the two other black players, were fired. And it was reported, quote, the Badgers ended their experiment in progressive race relations and fielded an all-white team in 1923. The next season, Pollard joined the Hammond, Indiana pros, not to be confused with the Akron pros. And there, he was made the first black quarterback in the National Football League, leading the team to its best season yet. Then in the 1925 season, the Akron pros came calling again, poaching the newly minted quarterback back to their team. There, he led the pros to the top of the league for the first time since Pollard led the team to its 1920 championship just five years earlier. But the following year, after Game 4 of the 1926 season, Pollard was fired yet again. The team owner said Pollard failed to play up to the form expected of him. It would be the last time he'd ever play with the Akron pros, 
and the last time he'd ever play in the NFL again. After the 1926 season, the NFL shrunk the league from 22 teams down to just 12, which also meant the number of black players shrunk from 10 to 0. And the years that followed would go down in history as one of the darkest eras in sports. In 1933, powerful NFL team owners colluded to enact a so-called gentleman's agreement that eliminated and barred all black players from the NFL for 13 years. The NFL wouldn't see another black player until 1946. It's reported that watching black players during the Great Depression was simply bad for business. It was uncomfortable for white people to watch black people have jobs when they didn't. The official party line was that the NFL was actually protecting black players, sparing them from violence on the field. When the Pro Football Hall of Fame was established in 1963, the league's original superstars, including Jim Thorpe, were inducted in its inaugural class. 23 years later, Fritz Pollard passed away on May 11, 1986. He was 92 years old. Pollard wasn't inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame until 2005, nearly 20 years after his death. The honor was presented by Pollard's grandson, Fritz Pollard III, who in his speech noted Pollard was the highest paid player of his day credited with helping keep the brand new league afloat. Yet, until Pollard's induction, 43 years after the Pro Football Hall of Fame began, his grandfather was but a footnote in the league's history. Pollard became the first black NFL coach in 1921. The second was hired in 1989, 68 years later. His name is Art Shell. In a press conference, Shell was asked how it felt to be the first black coach in the NFL. And he said, but I'm not. The first was Fritz Pollard. In 2020, the National Football League celebrated its 100th birthday. And NFL Network released a documentary called Fritz Pollard, A Forgotten Man. Forgotten, yet... Pollard weathered racism, rejection, death threats, and abuse to achieve so many firsts. The first black student at his high school, the first black football player at Brown University, the first black athlete at the Rose Bowl, the first black player in the National Football League, the first black quarterback of an NFL team, and the first black head coach in NFL history. Fritz Pollard, the human torpedo. (laughs) 
Fritz Pollard was a remarkable human. He faced obstacles and rejections that most of us can't even fathom. It took unimaginable strength and courage to do what he did and to achieve what he achieved. There is so much inspiration to take from his story. But I want to focus on one aspect. The loneliness of being a pioneer. We're living in an era where almost anything is possible. So different from the time Fritz Pollard fought his way through. We live in an age of massive technological innovation, where deceased performers go out on tour as holograms, and rockets land right side up on the very spot they took off from. And there's more computing power in our smartphones than NASA had when they landed on the moon. Even the word impossible has dropped in usage by 50% over the last few decades. All of this means that it is imminently possible to be a pioneer. It's absolutely feasible that you may dream up or stumble upon or build something that has never been done before. And that road's going to be hard and lonely and unfair. The world yearns for new, then rejects new with all its might. When you're a pioneer, the pushback is devastating. The naysayers file out in an endless stream. You get laughed at, scoffed, and ignored. But the best revenge is smiling as you run an 80-yard touchdown. You gotta believe, make a path where there are no paths, and roll with the tackles, cleats up. Because there will come a day when you will be sitting on a mountain of no's and one very important yes. Fritz Pollard's legacy in the NFL is hallowed ground. But he left a gift for everyone outside of sports, too. While you may be the pioneer in your field, there are always pioneers in other fields that came before you. Keep their stories close. Borrow their courage. Remember them. And never, ever give up. Number of black NFL players in 1922. Percentage of black NFL players in 2022, 70%. Number of NFL teams today, 32. Number of black NFL coaches today, 3. The Rejection Podcast is an apostrophe podcast production and is recorded remotely this time in London, England. This series is hosted and written by me, Sydney O'Reilly. Research, Allison Pinches. We regret to inform you, our director is Callie O'Reilly. Engineer, Jeff Devine. Producer, Debbie O'Reilly. Theme music by Ian Lefevre and Ari Posner. The major source for this episode is Breaking the Color Barrier by Frank Foster. Other significant sources are listed in the show notes on our website, apostrophepodcasts.ca slash rejection. Follow us on Instagram at apostrophepod. 
If you enjoyed this episode, you might also like Rejecting Mugsy Bogues from Season 2. Rate and review this podcast wherever you like to listen. And while you're there, let us know of any rejection stories you'd like to hear. This series is executive produced by O'Reilly. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Terry O'Reilly. See you next time.